0: Well, we're going to finish up our worship series this morning. And we're going to go a little bit differently this morning. The past three or four weeks, we've been talking about, you know, worship and how we come in and the expressions of worship, why we worship, all that stuff. But most of the time we've been talking about it, it's been in the the attitude of coming into worship, having a great week, having your life being good. Everything's running, you know, everything's going pretty well. Everything's pretty easy to do. But what happens when you walk in and your lives aren't going well, that things aren't okay? What happens when things seem to be falling apart and you are now in the middle of the fire? How do you worship when tragedy hits? How easy is it to worship when your life is just blown up in front of you? Do you want to worship? Does worship help? Now I'm gonna differentiate a little bit here between a, a tragedy and hard times and things that are inconvenient because we all have inconvenient things, you know. Getting the flu while it's, it's a bummer, it's inconvenient. Having a fender bender, you know, in your car, no one gets hurt, that's inconvenient. Car breaks down, that's inconvenient. I'm talking about life changing tragedy. You get a terminal diagnosis. Your child has been admitted to children's hospital for an unending period of time. Your house burns to the ground and you lose everything. Somebody close to you dies unexpectedly. Things that are tragedies that come into your life, and your natural reaction to that would be maybe to not want to worship. And maybe. You get mad at God. Anybody ever get mad at God? Nobody here. What does God say about the hard times? Think of someone you know who has experienced a tragedy. And through it all, they were still able to keep their faith. They were still able to love God. They are still able to be what they were before the tragedy. Some of you are here today. Some of you have experienced those things. Maybe you've been through the ringer and your faith came out intact. But I'm sure it wasn't easy getting there. Do you think that being able to worship God in the pain was the reason that these people who suffered tragedy were able to still keep their faith after the tragedy? We're going to look at an example of David in his life. Now going back, you know David's the big sin of David was with Bathsheba, you know the story. And Nathan the prophet confronted him and he got busted and he you know, wrote Psalm 51. But then after everything is out in the open, what does Nathan say? What happens to David? Second Samuel twelve thirteen says, Then David confessed to Nathan, Yes, I have sinned against the Lord, Nathan replied. Yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for your sin. But you've given the enemies of your Lord great opportunity to despise and blaspheme him so your child from Bathsheba will die. Now, we're not gonna talk about the theology of God doing that. But I wanna look at David's response to that. 2 Samuel 12 says this in verse 16. David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. The leaders of the nation pleaded with him to get up and eat with them but he refused. Then on the seventh day the baby died. David's advisors were afraid to tell him. He was so broken up about the baby being sick they said. What will he do to himself when he tell him that the baby has died? You can see David's anguish in the situation. Even though he knew what was going to happen he was still in deep sorrow and deep pain and I think we can kind of imagine how he might be feeling imagine if you get that diagnosis that your baby's going to die within a week many of us know parents who have experienced sids or maybe miscarriages now in david's day if you know the law circumcision was to happen on the eighth day but the bible says he died on the seventh so they didn't even get to do that god-honoring thing to the baby so David spent the week pleading with God, fasting all week, asking God to please have mercy. And God said what? No. How often have you prayed for safe travels for your kids and yet they have an accident? I keep thinking about the, the church bus from years ago. I think you had the parents of some of those in here where a guy was on the wrong side of the highway, hit this church bus, going to a camp, and most of the kids, if not all of them, died on the bus. I'm sure parents prayed for that bus before they left. I'm sure parents were home praying for God to do a work in them for the weekend. We pray for miracles, and we pray for God to answer, and God doesn't come through like we want him to. So you kind of get an image of what David's going through right now. Now, I've not been through this experience, but I can imagine the heartache and pain that a parent goes through. Because if you have kids, you know. It would be the worst for me anyways if that happened. And I'm sure David was no different. He was in anguish. He was hurting. He was pleading for God to intercede. And God doesn't. But it amazes me how David responded to that. How would you respond to that? I thought, I don't know how I would respond. But 2 Samuel 12, 19 says this, but when David saw them whispering, he realized what had happened. Is the baby dead, he asked. Yes, they replied. Then David got out from the ground, worshiped or washed himself, put on lotions, changed his clothes. Then he went into the tabernacle and worshiped the Lord. Wow. Now, you saw from the previous verses, Dave was not a cold-hearted guy. He was begging and pleading for God to do that. I don't think it wasn't that he didn't care. I don't think it was that he was not touched with the, the pain of the situation. We just saw how he pleaded with God. The reason, I think, that David went into worship was because he knew at this difficult time who the only person was who can help him through it. How do we respond in, in a tragedy situation? We're all going to be faced with that at some point. Whether it's something we love, maybe it's ourself. How do we respond? Because at that moment, you've got a war going on. You have the Holy Spirit of God trying to draw you to him. And you have the enemy trying to draw you away from him. When the tragedy comes, the enemy is gonna use that as a weapon to you against God. How could God let that happen? God, don't trust God, blame God. But the Holy Spirit's telling you to trust him, trust him. Even in your pain and hardship when you don't feel like it, when you don't understand what's going on, God's saying still trust me, let me be God to you. Now, David knew the situation wasn't gonna change What did he do? He went in to worship God. If you knew the situation wasn't going to change in your life, what would you do? David knew the baby wasn't coming back. In verse 20 it says, after that he returned to the palace and ate. His advisors were amazed. We don't understand you, they told him. While the baby was still living, you wept and refused to eat, but now the baby is dead. You have stopped your mourning and eating again. David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive for I said perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is gone? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day but he cannot return to me. David knew the situation wasn't going to change and there be situations in our lives, tragedy that we know is, are not going to change. What do we do? after david spent time in worship what was god able to do in david's heart god was be able was able to begin the healing process in david because life goes on after tragedy david's life went on for years after that and there's little or nothing that we as believers can say to help that situation and sometimes as witnesses to that situation sometimes the best thing to do is don't say anything. Make yourself available. Don't offer advice. Because most of the times as Christians, we say well-meaning but wrong things. And in times like these, I wrote down, maybe you just need to shut up. Be there for the person going through the tragedy, but don't try to explain it away to them. You ever try to explain a tragedy away to someone as a Christian? What can you say to them that would make them feel better? I've heard all of these excuses that I'm going to read. Oh, it's all part of God's plan. You know, I don't need to hear that's part of God's plan. Or here's one God needed another angel. Or how about, you know, you might have sinned in your life to cause that. Or if you just had enough faith, that might not have happened. People experiencing tragedy need time alone with God. And the only time, the best time to do that is during a time of worship. Now, I'm sure David didn't go in jumping and dancing and praising God. I'm sure he went in in a mournful state. Asking God to help him. He was still feeling the pain, but he chose at that time to focus on God because he knew that God was the only one who can help him through the situation. People can't, Christians really can't. Only God is able to minister to someone in that situation. Every aspect of a children, of a Christian's life we know is is worship, you know, giving, serving, and all that kind of stuff. It's all part of worship. But we've been focusing these past few weeks on the on the music aspect of worship. And David went in and worshiped the Lord. And since he was most of the psalm writers, we assume he did it musically. So why does music, and especially songs with good lyrics and stories, affect people so much? How many of you have a favorite song? why do you have it why is it your favorite why do certain songs resonate with people i believe that the lyrics in a song can express an emotion or a feeling that you have that you now see that someone else is experiencing as well and you look at that and say they they, they understand they know how i feel maybe the lyrics of the song are something that you can't you can't even express in words, but when you start singing them, you look at the words and say, that's what I feel. That's exactly what I feel right now. And the lyrics that we sing on Sunday morning, hopefully we are able to resonate with them and say, you know what? Those lyrics speak to me. Those lyrics are exactly how I feel that I can't even put into words. Somebody else put into feelings, they're into your feelings, into words, and it connects with you. Worshiping God through the hard times and through music allows you to put into words things that you may not be able to express by yourself. Now, think back to when you were in high school or maybe college and your girlfriend or boyfriend breaks up with you. What do you do? You put on all these sappy love songs on the radio, right? You start playing them all and you start being all melancholy and just letting those lyrics just wash over you. Why? Because that's the feeling that you have right now and the people that are singing it are expressing what you're feeling. And when you come in to worship God and you've been through a tragedy, not only is God the only one who can help you with that situation, other people really can't. God is able to use the lyrics and the music to really wash over you and give you the encouragement and blessing that you need at that moment. The enemy wants nothing more than to drag you away using things like i said before you know blame god don't trust god god could have fixed this god could have changed it that's not going to help all that's going to do is drive you further from god god says come to me oh you are heavy laden i will give you rest god is able to soothe the pain to take the pain away it may take a long time but god is the only one who can do that and the only way to do that is through Focusing on God, worshiping God. And there's times that you don't feel like worshiping. You don't want to worship. And you feel like no one understands what I'm going through. But maybe someone else's words are able to capture the feelings that you have at that moment. Something that's deep inside of you that you can't really, you can't find the words to, but someone else found those words for you. And now you, you, oh, it's exactly how I feel. And you sing them. You can express your feelings to God. And it's okay to express anger to God. How many have done that? God's big enough to take it. And besides, God knows how you feel in the middle of it. Even if you don't say anything, God knows how you feel anyways. And a lot of times, expressing those feelings is kind of cathartic. You, you get them out. And God says, I understand, I understand. And then at that point, worship. David's worship didn't change the situation. His baby still died. Then why worship? Because David needed God to take away the hurt. And the only way he knew to do that was to come before God. And we mentioned earlier this, in the series that sometimes when you worship, we need to be still. And sometimes just being still before God and you allow the Holy Spirit to, comp- to fill you, to wash that out. The Bible says you can be washed with the water of the Word. And if you worship God, the Word of God gets in you and God will bring back verses to your mind and God will bring things to you that you need to hear at that moment that only He can do. And only the Holy Spirit can change your heart from the inside out. I mentioned at the beginning that Just the fact that we are Christians, we got saved, God did a a transforming miracle in your heart. He changed your way of thinking. He changed your heart. If God can change that, don't you think God can also change the pain that you have, the hardship that you have? And he does that through, a lot of times, through worship. Now, we've mentioned before that sometimes when you walk in in the morning and you don't feel great and you've had a lot of inconveniences, you don't feel like worshiping. But as you worship, the bad week disappears in the aspect of worshiping and you leave in a better mood than you walked in. That's exactly the same way it's supposed to work with tragedy. The more time you spend before God and just letting God wash you with the, with the word and with, with the Holy Spirit, you, you leave feeling different. You leave feeling God transform your heart. Maybe the worship lyrics allow you to say to God things that you couldn't, that couldn't come to your mind at the time. But now those are the ones you need, the songs you want, that you need. And through that worship, God is able to help you in your pain. Now last week we ended with the song, It Is Well, and I told you the story about that song. I don't know how long it took for him to write that song after his family had died, after all of his kids had died. But I believe that as he wrote the song, the lyrics were things that he experienced in his life up to that point that God had done with him. I'm just going to read the first verse of those lyrics to you. You probably know it. But it says, when peace like a river attendeth my way. So he already experienced the peace of God in that tragedy. The second verse says, when sorrows like sea billows roll. I would say that losing your children would be Sorrowful. Probably the most sorrow he's ever experienced in his life. So he's experiencing it, but he's also received the peace. He goes on to say, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say. I like that when he says taught. It's not something that happened overnight. When you teach something, it's something that usually is taught over and over again until you get it. And I think through his life, through different experiences in his life, God has taught him to say, God allowed him to experience things that taught him to say, it is well, it's well with my soul. God had to get him to this point. He didn't say it right off the bat, but it's something that God had to bring him through. And a lot of times, we experience little inconveniences and little hardships to kind of build us up. And kind of prepare us for a bigger tragedy it's just like taking a test in school you have little pop quizzes throughout the week throughout the month to prepare you for the big test at the end and when when he says God has taught him to say it's well it's through the little inconveniences and hardships in his life that he's experienced the peace of God. He's experienced God blessing him in the, in the insignificant times, so that when the tragedy really hit, he's already got that peace. He already has experienced God in the past and he can trust him for the future. You know, you think about, and I've said this before, I I was telling the teens today, the lesson was on being a continual learner, which means you can't, you don't ever stop learning. Because society changes, technology changes, everything changes. God's word doesn't change, but our understanding of God's word has to continue to grow. We have to continue to teach ourselves and read God's word and and assume it because there's gonna be a point when you're out all by yourself, no other Christians around, church isn't around, and you're gonna be offered the opportunity to do something you know you shouldn't do. When there's no one, there's no pressure, mom and dad aren't there, your friends from church aren't there, and you have the opportunity to sin, are you gonna do it? Or are you gonna stand tall? You know, let God's word be your your conviction at that point. And the more you learn, the more you experience it, the more God's able to help you in those type of situations. So the more you study God's word, when the bad times hit, you already have that kind of built up in you, ready for that. I, I kind of equate it to training for a sport. You know you don't go into a sport cold and expect to do well you you spend time training and practicing and exercising and doing all those things so when the sport actually comes you're ready you've done all the preliminaries you've done the exercises you've, you've taught yourself and you do well in it life is just like that the more you study god's word the more you understand it the more you do it when things are okay When the hard times come, you'll already be experienced. You'll already know God's Word. The Bible says God's Word doesn't return void, which means He's going to bring those scriptures back to your mind that you've already studied and help you through that time. And that's what worship is as well. You may not feel like singing, you may not even want to sing. But maybe it's the time to be still before God and let God just wash over you. Bring those scriptures back to your mind. Let the peace, the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It says, if I can remember the verse, let the peace of Christ, well, the peace of Christ which passes all understanding fill your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, when the peace of Christ comes, it comes in a point where you shouldn't really have it. People are going to say, how come you're peaceful? How come you feel so good? And you're going to say to them, because in spite of what's going on, God's able to give me a peace in the tragedy. And a lot of times that peace will come when you spend time just standing before God, whether it's singing or praising or whatever it is, when you stand before God just by yourself or in a church setting and you spend time worshiping, God is able to take the pain away Take the, take the hurt away and replace it with His spirit and the love that He has for you. Now what I'm not saying is, I'm not saying that you need to go in and start worshiping right away, that you need to thank God for your pain and worship Him. Tell God, you know, I appreciate the pain. I know that you have a plan for me, and I know what suffering's best for me. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that God is the one, the only one who can help you when things go south when things really happen that are bad in your life, God is the only one who can take that away. He's the only one that can actually turn that around. He can transform your life. It's great to be around people, but the only one who can really change who you are and change your feelings in that situation is God. ask the worship team to come back up and I know it's early and my wife's gonna freak out but do you think I know we didn't plan this but you could you do it's well with my soul too? hear that mr. mr. Caldwell we're gonna do greatest I faithfulness and it's well with my soul the Todd Fields version it's changing on the fly stuff do how great is thy faithfulness first and then it's well my soul. When you sing the song, the first one, how faithful God has been to you so far. And the second song, in spite of the hardship, are you still okay with God? Let God replace the, the struggle you're going through. Replace it with peace. Thank would come. mentioned earlier in the sermon that life goes on for the rest of us after tragedy God's the only one who can see you through that God's the only one who can take you to the next step the Bible says we have to allow God to do that and the only way to allow him to do that is to spend our time focusing on Him. You may not want to sing or praise or do anything else. God simply wants you to trust Him to bring you through it. You know, I don't know if someone's here who needs to hear this, but there's a lot of times when we experience hardship in our life And we kind of stay where we are and we don't go on and we're waiting for something big to happen to change our way of outlook. If only this would happen, if only that would happen, if God did this or God did that and once that happens then I'll be happy again. If you're waiting for that to happen, you're going to miss out on what God's doing right now. If you're waiting for some big event to happen in your life to make your life a little bit better, then you're going to miss out on what's happening this moment. God's here in the moment. God wants you to enjoy this moment. You may get to that point. You may have that blessing, that great thing you're waiting for. And it may be 10 years from now. But in those 10 years, what have you missed God doing at this moment? What simple prayer, what simple blessing are you missing right now in anticipation of the big blessing that you think is coming later? Sometimes in our, in our struggles and in our hardships, we think that one big thing is gonna help us and that will just change everything when in reality God wants us to go day by day enjoy the blessings you have right now enjoy God right now trust God right now if the big day comes it's coming but don't just wait for it to come and and miss what God's doing right now father we thank you so much your love for us is beyond our ability to understand and we may experience things in our lives that we think and we know are tragedies and hardships and and heartaches. Father, you experienced the death of your son so you know how we feel. And we know that God, you're really the only one that can take that pain away. So Father, no matter where we are in our situation right now, I pray that you would minister to each one here Maybe lives are going good, but maybe someone is experiencing a hardship, tragedy in their life. I pray that the Holy Spirit fills this place and fills each one of us with the knowledge that you do care and that you will help us through that situation. Regardless of what people may do or people may say, we know that, God, you're the only one who can change my, my broken heart into a heart that's healed. Lord, we commit ourselves to that end. We're your kids, Lord, and we know you love us. Help us to move that knowledge of your love from our head to our heart so that we can walk in that love every day. And Lord, we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said Amen. 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 Have a blessed week. Trust God for what you're going through right now. He'll bring you through it.